Alright, boom! Boom! We back! Back to the No Bonds podcast. Ben Beck here with Matt Marizio at Beck Bodie. Uh, at Beck Bodie is our Instagram yep. handle. Um, you can also reach out to us at social at Beck Bodie or our personal Instagram pages uh, at Ben Beck 3333. Yep, at Matt Marizio. Yep. DMs all day. DMs all day. Um, <laughs> CrossFit Open starting soon. Oh, Lord. Are we starting here? Yeah, we're starting here. We're starting here. <laughs> I'm going right. to uh, give my prediction. All right, give it to me. I'm going to give, so th- it's Thursday, October 10th today. Yep. Tonight, Rich Froning and Scott Pancheck are facing okay. off for the uh, 20.1 first workout of the, the, uh, the year yep. open being a release tonight for them two to battle. A couple um, out, of, out of shape slouches. Yeah, exactly. Two. Exactly. They're really tall, too. Meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's going to be exciting. It's released tonight. Um, I'm sure we have some CrossFitters that listen to this podcast. But here's my prediction for the first workout for the CrossFit Open this year. I think it's going to be 17 minutes long. Yep. Okay. Yep. Write it down. I know, and um, I'm recording it, so I don't know And recording, writing, so you don't so have to write it down. But I'm going to write um, it anyway. It's going to be 17 minutes. It's going to include front rack lunges with dumbbells, probably 50 feet each round. It's okay. going to include chest-to-bar pull-ups. Yep. And it's going to include double-unders. Okay. That's, that's, you heard it here first. Wow. All right. Okay, Rich. Hope I hope it does. Hope you do a good job tonight on that. I, li- I like Mr. those Froning. movements. All right. Um, well. Yeah, and on that event. Now that we. For, that for we those of you that, that don't do CrossFit, have no idea what we're talking about, but that's, <laughs> that's fine. Right. right. For the record, I, uh, I admire people in, that are in shape doing CrossFit. I don't particularly do CrossFit, but I. The training style I do is not all, all that dissimilar. No, and, and the foundation of what you're all about yeah. is health, One, fitness. Yeah, 1,000%. Nutrition, as is many of us here at Beck Bodie. So yeah. it's... Uh, it's our way of life. Our way of life. It's and probably our biggest blanket recommendation we'll make to anybody is you've got you to gotta take care of yourself. Mm. 100%. Mm, but today, so Good segue. I, take care of yourself physically as well as financially. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you did that on purpose. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like I've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> what are so, you talking about? What are yeah. we talking about? So a question I often get, and, and it, it's phrased in different ways, but really when I kind of distill it down, it's how risky should I be? And that answer can be different. Of course, that answer is different for everybody, depending on their current life scenario. Mm. But I, I would like to talk today about that question. Specifically, let's start with somebody who, who's approaching retirement mm-hmm. because a lot of what we'll do is retirement planning. I think a lot of advisors plan to retirement, which is kind of an issue and then let the rest sort of go on autopilot, mm-hmm. forgetting that people will continue to live maybe 25 more years after retirement, which is a long time. So how risky I'm about five to, I'm going to, I'm going to play the role of somebody who's about five to 10 years from retirement. This stock market, everything I hear today is that, there's an impending crash. I don't know when it's going to happen. We're at the longest boat run in, mar- in, mm-hmm. in history. I don't feel safe putting all of my hard-earned money into that 
retirement plan only to see it vanish overnight because of this giant crash. I'm nervous. What do I do, Ben? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a tall order. Cross yeah. It. Just do CrossFit. <laughs> Just do CrossFit. Just CrossFit. <laughs> You'd be all right. Just do CrossFit. Uh, a lot of burpees, a lot of double unders. No, um, no I mean, that, that word risk, <coughs> let's attack that first. Okay. Because that means different things to different people, right? I mean, uh, and it's an emotional word. Oh, yeah. Um, how risky should I be? Yep. Um, so first you got to figure out, okay, what, is, what does risk mean to you? Because sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes risk when talking about investing in general is the risk of losing all your money. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, right. I, I mean, you hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, or, you know, and, 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 uh, while, um, that's a concern of a number of people in a, um, you know, what we're looking at as a firm or, or I think certainly is your, your, your biggest risk is not, not the risk of losing your money in the way, um, many might perceive it. It's what we call longevity risk. Mm. Okay. Define that. Sure. So lo- longevity risk is, is simply put, it is the risk of running out of money um, before you die. Um, and it, it really, in our context, it applies to how do you properly invest your money so that especially when you get into your retirement years, um, it lasts um, long enough to support um, you and your family um, um, you know, for as long as you're on this earth. Mm-hmm. And to me, and from what we see out there, that is a much, should be much bigger of a concern for folks that are worried about risk versus um, randomly, you know, running out of money. Mm, okay. uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, randomly losing all your money, losing all your money by money. being invested in the wrong investment and so on. So if I'm hearing that as an investor, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this guy's saying, it's a greater risk for me to run out of money before I die. But I f- that, isn't that literally what I'm saying? I don't want mm. to invest in the market and then lose all my money. Mm-hmm. So explain what you mean when you're d- differentiating risk mm-hmm. of lo- the market crashing tomorrow mm-hmm. and longevity risk. Because mm-hmm. as a potential retiree, I'm hearing those things as the same thing and I don't get what you're telling me. Yeah. No, no. Good, good question. Um, so... When, when somebody's looking at their portfolio and they're worried about risk, um, you agree with me probably, any portfolio that you've come across as what we do you know, as an independent firm, we review a lot of portfolios yeah. from folks that aren't clients necessarily. Yeah, 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 most, um, yeah most. most aren't. Um, and um, we take a look at how people are invested and they come to us uh, um, from all different backgrounds and yep. perspectives and so on. But risk is certainly something that comes up in terms of um, how risky should I be? And am I going to, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, am I putting myself at, at too much risk? And oftentimes what we're seeing. Meaning, is there too much potential I'm going to lose all my money? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, you use the uh, market crashes tomorrow. Um, you know, looking at your statement, you know, and your money is going to be lower tomorrow than it is today, mm-hmm. obviously. So there, you know, but what we're saying is, is that, um, you know, and this, again, this, this does not apply to everybody, but for most folks that we've come across, their risk, even if they're investor, not invested, not optimally right now, 
their biggest risk is not the um, the um, effects of what a market crash can do to their portfolio in the near term. Again, we've got to affix this to certain personas, right? In terms of you, you use the example of somebody maybe five or ten years yeah. from retirement that yep. this is a legitimate concern for yep. because they don't want to run out of money. Oh, they don't want to lose money, which in effect is running out of money as yep. well. Um, and what I'm saying is, is that the effects of market events like a correction or like a you know market crash that typically don't last for a long period of time mm-hmm. is a much less less risk than um, what they are currently doing. And what we currently see is that they are not investing properly mm. in order to um, prevent themselves from running out of money. In other words, they are investing in securities, in types of investments that have a fixed rate of return or a very conservative expected rate of return. Okay. And I'm, I don't want to lose my money, so I'm hearing you. That sounds yep. safe. That sounds safe. I like this. But what is not often considered is what is safe looking today, what does that mean for 10 or 15 years from now? It means I don't run out of money, Ben, so I'm safe. You're safe, but each year... We have this pesky thing called inflation, where the price of um, goods and services, really anything in our lives, on average, historically, increases at uh, about a 3% clip, plus or minus. I think it's a little lower right now in terms of the the CPI and such. Uh, But let me give you an example. I love pizza. Mm, you like uh, pizza? I love pizza. I love pizza. So one of my favorite pizza. pizza places growing up in South Portland, Maine, holler. Sopo, um, <laughs> what is this place still around called Pizza Joint? The Pizza Joint. Okay. And um, shout out to Pizza uh, Joint. Shout out to Pizza Joint. I don't know if they have an Instagram handle, but we'll <laughs> learn that before. Can't we'll tag get, it in the in the Instagram. Yeah, I can't wait to get some of their pie. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those cool places too. I remember as a kid, they they used to make the Italian style pizza right in front of you. So you used to throw uh, the dough up in the air. You'd watch the entire process. You know, you know, a little different than Chipotle. You know, that's yeah. not interesting to me. But throwing a pizza up in the air yep. and throwing the sauce on there and loading it with pepperoni, that's where that's where my head's at, <laughs> right? More often than not. <laughs> so um, I remember growing up. I think I was probably in middle school. Um, you know, we used to get pizza all the time, and and the price of a medium cheese pizza was seven dollars, and I think it was seven dollars and fifteen cents. Today, mm. that same pizza is sixteen dollars and change. Ooh, bless. Okay? Wow. So I just actually looked it up the other day randomly. I don't know what drove me to that. I was hungry for pizza, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's right. Uh, but my point is, is that if you do the math on that, that's actually a little bit more. That's a little bit more than that's, uh, I, um, uh, it's about a 4.5% rate of inflation wow. over those last uh, just about 20 years. Wow, that's awesome. Not only did you check out the price of pizza there, but then you went ahead and figured out, well, how much yeah. is that inflated by? Yeah, right. But but it, it's important awesome. because you think about what you spend your money on. I mean, food is a is a big... Yeah, but you got to eat. Food. You know, even in retirement, you still got to eat food and drink water. water. You have a water bill. You yep. have electricity bill. Yep. Um, you have all of these heat, costs, heat, heat, everything, that over time, um, it's a tough argument to make that those those costs are going to go down. They're mm. going to go up. 
they go up every single day. We've talked at length about how many kids we have and, you know, adding children to the, to the family. That, that is, that, that adds cost to your household. Which will add grandchildren potentially closer to retirement. Mm. Which yeah. you want to spoil as a um, grandparent. So my main idea, right, is, is bringing up the, the whole thing about pizza because I love pizza. But, but um, you, you could look back at if you had the opportunity to, to or if you just remember what something cost in the past. A common analogy is what a car cost in 1970 versus what a similar car cost today is one that's, that, that I hear often. But mm-hmm. think about things in your own life. If you remember what something cost X amount of years ago and you know what it costs today, um, you know, pull out your handy dandy financial calculator and mm-hmm. find out what type yep. of compounded interest rate that uh, appreciated by on average year over year. That's your inflation rate. So to expect to expect that that won't continue um, into the future, and then especially for that again, going back to that persona you just mentioned in terms of somebody five to ten years away from retirement, and um, you know, once retirement happens, that means your regular sources of income are shut off, right, mm-hmm. from, from employment. And now you're focusing on um, or you're, you're using your, what you've saved, you know, in terms of retirement and such, but also um, Social Security. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you've got to be very, very cognizant of, of not only how much money you have, but, but what that is growing by even at that point. Um, to make sure that at minimum that keeps up with the rate of inflation. So that God. risk, again, longevity going back, risk. longevity risk is 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 it it has nothing to do really with you know short term market events because the market is always going to be in flux. Got it. You know, and but um, what you are saying, those things that I felt really good and felt really safe with, that are paying me that same fixed rate for the next decade, which really appeases my emotions. You're, you're saying that I can't go to get that pizza at the same price in 10 years, but I'm still getting the same salary. Relatively the same salary. Right. With very, very right. little uh, growth on that. So you might, might be, you might be downgrading to not a medium, but a small so they at sell, that point. They, smell they, say, they, sell, they sell a 12-inch. Medium's 14-inch. Huh. I haven't been there in quite a while. Uh, but, but I'm a hungry guy. Yeah. I'm, that won't change. It's, uh, starting to get hungry right now. Man, okay, um, so I get it. So longevity risk. Let's rewind the time, hands of time here and use one more persona just for mm-hmm. the sake of this conversation. And let's say that you are somebody earlier in your, in your professional career, mm-hmm. but not somebody brand new. I want to use the example of somebody who's not a first-time entrepreneur, right? Because we've talked about this. Our recommendation to somebody who's in the initial phases of initial stages of building a business, mm-hmm. that is their future. That is the best rate of return they can possibly ever see mm-hmm. is reinvesting in themselves. So you're talking about the entrepreneur, you so know, the I'm business owner. The business owner, right. business owner, but I'm not talking about the one that's brand new starting their very first one. Let's say, let's say if that, if they actually are for some reason, either a previous career or a previous event in their life, maybe they sold a previous business, maybe they inherited some money. Let's say they are, they have money in the bank and they aren't quite sure what to do with because as an entrepreneur, you always feel like you can grow this thing. Mm-hmm. So you always feel like I should always, always, always reinvest in myself. I should mm-hmm. take everything I have, dump it back into me. How risky should I be with stuff that I'm not putting back into my business? Should I put stuff, everything back into my business or should there be stuff outside? Mm-hmm. And with that, out, let's say that the answer is yes, you should have some outside. Mm-hmm. 
should I be less risky with that? Because here I am dumping it into me. Mm. How risky should I be be there? So we're talking about uh, a, a younger investor, you know, yep. not, not young, but younger than the the previous, you know, folk yep. person that was emerging retirement that was a few years away from retirement, and you, and we're also talking about a person that um has has some savings built up in yep. some way, shape, or form. Owns another business or or works at a different company. Maybe they have some old four hundred one ks lying around. They haven't done anything with, and they're trying to figure out. Okay, at this point in my life now, how risky should I be? And you're saying that they've already um, they've already determined that at least a portion of this money is not going to be poured back into my business if I'm a business owner. But it's, it's I got to do something with it. And how risky should I be with that money? Yeah, what should I do? Yeah, which um, you know I think the 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 old you know um, the fact that we always use the word runway mm. how much runway meaning time how much time do we have so for that portion of money that you have set aside and you've acknowledged that I have to do something with this not going back into my business and I'm trying to figure out what kind of risk I should take with this money um, the first thing you look at okay is is what how much time do I have before I'm going to use this money mm-hmm. and then you know what are your objectives in terms of do I want to grow this substantially. Do I want to see this a lot higher in the future? And obviously, anybody's going to say yes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, depending on how much time you have, and, and we always use at least five years before, um, but for most folks, they have horizons a lot longer than that. Um, we do feel that you should take a, a significant amount of risk with that money. Got now, it. again, I got to be careful with saying the word significant, right? Because just like the word risk, it means different things to different people. Um, but certainly, um, putting your money at risk, um, you know, where it does have the potential for short-term losses. So in other words, yep. it does fluctuate. Yeah. Um, but the, the risk versus reward equation is the reward side of that, um, given the amount of risk you're taking is highly in your favor down the road. Mm. And that's the big thing that we look at is that in time is a big function of that. If you have one year or two years before you're going to be able to, you're going to need to use that money, that really shortens your, in our opinion, shortens the options that you have. If you have a longer runway, you're a professional, you are working, you own a business, so you're you're employed and you have a certain amount of money, you want to take, and you have a, a good enough amount of time, you want to take some risk with that, those funds, because um, the reward at the other end, um, despite what type of market environment you're in right now, we're yep. in right now, or ones that we may, or, or let's say will go through, um, you know, you get 10, 15, 20 years before you're going to access this money. It makes sense to take a, mm-hmm. a, a, in my opinion, a significant amount of risk with that because the reward will be there. Even though emotionally, so you're, what, I'm, what I'm hearing, in, and I think, there are some topics mm-hmm. that we can blanket recommend, right? Mm-hmm. It, or some, yeah. So beginning with the end in mind is what I heard mm-hmm. with that when you talked about a time horizon. It's also what I heard when we talked about that pre-retiree. Mm-hmm. You have to know where you're going and how long it's going to take to get mm-hmm. there first. Otherwise, it's really difficult to create a roadmap to an unknown destination. So I hear that, and that's a pretty common recommendation. Uh, I also heard you talk about the emotional aspect of that risk, mm. and it sounds like, and I, you and I both know this, but mm. emotions and investing really don't play well together in the sandbox. Mm-mm. So not at all. It would be 
on us, you know, let's say we'll put the onus on you too as a listener, as an investor, but, but also as someone you hire to help you with your finances, it's on them to help you identify whether or not your emotions are getting in your own way. Right. Right? Yeah, I think that, I think, um, you know, to take an example of what obviously we feel really uh, strongly about and, and how we run our practice here is that it's our responsibility to make a re- recommendation first and foremost um, based upon us putting ourselves in your shoes, hmm. right? In not considering, as funny as that sounds, not considering somebody's emotions first. Yeah. You know, so one, one um, popular guy nowadays on Instagram and former Navy SEAL David Goggins oh, yeah. comes to mind. Yep. Um, yep. Just a, a fantastic story. Um, um, can't... Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Uh, yep. Read the book. Can't hurt me. Great book about his upbringing, very difficult upbringing, mm. and his path through the armed forces and all the challenges that he had. And um, one of the things that he commonly talks about is the duty that we all have with either family members or friends of, in so many words, calling them out. Yeah. And not being worried if they're doing something that is wrong or detrimental to their health or their well-being, whether it's, you know, being overweight or, or, yep. or, or, or doing things that just aren't, um, you know, um, don't represent the type of people that they are. Yeah. It's our responsibility as a family member or friend, if we're a true friend, to call them out and be direct and not worry about how they might react to that. And we take the same... Uh, approach with how we work with clients in that um, I'm going to make a recommendation to every one of my clients or a prospective client, not worried about how they feel necessarily towards risk. Let me qualify that because (laughs) because at the end of the day, it is, it ends up being a mix of our, uh, could be, you know, or not a recommendation if they don't become clients of ours, right? But um, it the intent of that is not to be a dictator or a one-way street. The intent of that is to create a dialogue that follows that mm. so that uh, we come to a better understanding of where they're coming from and they, uh, you have a better understanding of perhaps a better understanding of, yeah. of, of how things work or, yeah. or, um, or how emotions, as you put, can get in your way. Right. Because oftentimes, I mean, if let's let me use a quick example, if let's just say the the market, you know, right now is in a really tough spot, and we're, you know, it's it's every newspaper article you read is about how the market's crashing and so on and so forth, and which is pretty normal for you know when whenever the market's going through a correction. Oh man, and drama sells right. School bus arrives safely. Doesn't sell any papers. Yeah, you don't yeah. see that one on yeah. the headlines. Um, and so very difficult emotionally during those times for. Um, for individual investors to um, to purposely put money into the stock market, right? Yeah. Because oh, oh yeah. let me let me let me go out for a walk when the sky's falling. Yeah, right. Uh, but we all know, you know, if we if we get our emotions in check, we all know that that's usually the best times to invest in when the market's not doing well, because you're on a very simplistic basis, you're buying companies at much lower prices than you yeah. would. But when are most people comfortable with investing in the market when things are going well? Yeah. You know, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad time to invest either, but the best time to invest is when the market's not doing well. Mm -hmm. So we know we are all human beings, obviously, and we, 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 are, we are driven by, and a lot of times, our emotions. And our job as advisors are, first and foremost, to remove emotion from the equation and provide recommendations that are going to put you in the future in the best possible position. Have that create the dialogue and that educational process. Of, okay, what does that actually mean? You know, if, yep. you know, and so on and so forth. And then coming to something that is reasonable. Right. Then overlay what the numbers say versus how you feel, and let's come up with a. And then you figure out whether you're willing to take that amount of risk. Yeah. You know, getting back to what we're actually talking about here <laughs> is that, is that, um, you know, after that dialogue and after that, you know, coming to understanding about what that actually means, I think you. I think just through talking it out and being educated, you come to a greater understanding of what, what first of all, risk means, and more importantly, what risk means to you. And yeah. um, I think that can answer a lot of questions. I love that. That's a good way to wrap it up. So yeah. we're going to begin, never begin without an end in mind. The end can change, but it's mm. really difficult to create any plan without right. an end goal and right. destination. Try to navigate without emotion first. Mm -hmm. uh, and watch the CrossFit Open. I think that's what we covered. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's yes. perfect. No, yeah. I, you know, I will say that if you guys have heard um, something that, that you resonates with you or you know somebody that that's at a similar life stage as what we, the couple personas we've talked about, please share it. Our whole reason for this is what Ben just said is that we are creating this so people feel confident in the financial decisions they're making with their lives, mm -hmm. right? Because we can educate them on some of these topics. Yeah. So if you like it, share it. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Send us an email, yeah. social at Beck Bodie, if there are specific topics or suggestions that you have for us. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we're both former athletes, and we have thick skin, so if you have criticism, so long as it's constructive, we'll listen, mm -hmm. and we'll listen to that, too. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll wrap it up by saying, you know, this, this investing stuff is doesn't have to be, but it, it's, it's often a foreign language for a lot of folks, and I blame... A lot of the blame, I think, goes on the industry for this, you know, because there's just there's no so much noise out there in terms of how you should invest, how you should not invest. And we're here, obviously, to give our opinions on things, too, because we feel very strongly, and that's how we run our personal lives, and that's how we run yeah. our professional lives. Uh, but what Matt said, you know, reach out with questions um, and comments, criticisms, what have you. Yeah. Um, the purpose of this is a uh, <laughs> educational process. That's awesome. That's Thanks. awesome. All right. Uh, we can, can cover. Um, yeah. Any, anyway, anybody that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you got there? Any, anybody that, that is watching saw a note get hand delivered to me. Very oh, nice. So if, you can, if you're listening and you're not watching, there was just a note hand delivered to me. Mm. Very important stuff. Awesome. So that's, yeah, very, that's very important, dude. That's our call to wrap dude. this thing up. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>